0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in New York football podcast presented by betonline.ag here. On the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. The NFL season is in full swing, and you might not be at the game this year, but you could still be in on the action at betonline.ag. 6-5-1 this week. No losing record. No losing week on this show. At all the entire season, seventy-seven, forty-eight, and three overall record on this show, and that's all courtesy of BetOnline.ag from Game Threads to totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So, at the to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What is up? Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day, I should say. I hope everyone's doing well. As always, I am your host, Steven Tino Rodriguez, and you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and, of course, the Believe website, BLEAV.com. Like, download, rate, and subscribe on all platforms. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at NYFootballPod, as well as myself at TinoRodriguez with a double underscore. It was an overall terrible weekend professional sports here at the New York football podcast the Jets lost by a million the Giants should have lost by a billion but we'll recap those in a second on the college side of things Army Navy was awesome and Rutgers muscled out a win in really exciting fashion so we'll get to those first but before we do that Benny Ricciardi will also be here on the show as he is every week part of the FTN Network and FTN Bets. Benny joins the show to help me break down the Week 15 gambling lines and look for some early value and help us put together yet another winning week. Again, 77-48-3 and show record, so stick around for that. But before we address all the awful performances from the Jets and the Giants, let's talk some winning football. And first and foremost, Go Army. Beat Navy. The Black Knights hosted the midshipmen at Mikey Stadium for the first time since 1943 and shut them down. They actually shut them out in 1943. 13-0. Almost an identical performance this time around. Army shut out Navy. 15-0. And if you aren't a fan of ground and pound slow-paced football, you probably turned the game off. It was 3-0 at halftime. But it was an absolute slugfest. And for any fan of Army football, this is what we expected. And this is actually the game we wanted uh, They slowed down Navy from the jump. Navy couldn't do anything. And again, 3 nothing after three quarters, not even just halftime, until Tyre Tyler finally broke the plane and scored the game's first and only touchdown to put Army ahead 10 nothing early in the fourth. A field goal and safety would follow to cap off and put away Navy. But Army allowed three first downs. And made one of the most epic goal line stops probably in college football this season. Holding Navy out from one yard on four straight plays. This is a Navy offense that's built to gain at least two yards a pop, three yards a pop. Four straight plays, one to two yards out. Did not gain an inch. And the Black Knights made a statement with that win. Now look, Navy is on the downward. And that's true, but records aside in that matchup, That's about pride, and they're going to have another test of pride this week because Air Force handled Navy 40-7 in the season opener, and Army will now host Air Force in the season finale for the quest of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy. And this game actually should have been played a month ago and got canceled due to COVID. So Army, they were supposed to host it then, but they're going to host it again here on Saturday, 3 p.m., Mikey Stadium, where they're undefeated They're opening as two and a half point dogs. And it's wild to me that Army is even an underdog at home at this point. But I love it. I love the Black Knights here. And all that stuff aside with Air Force and what their offense can do this season, give me Army at home. Just give me the Black Knights at home. They have proved it time in and time out. They're going to find a way to win. I wouldn't be surprised if they open up the offense a little bit. And they tried to early on in the Navy game and didn't exactly result into points or at least touchdowns. But... There's no way in hell I'm picking against Army who's undefeated at home. So give me the Black Knights, and I'm taking them to hoist that Commander-in-Chief's trophy when it's all said and done on Saturday. And let's stay in college football here, and let's switch over to the Rutgers-Scarlet Knights. And this game did not lack fireworks. Rutgers had a hangover from the week before, and it carried over in the first half. They did not score. They were shut out in the first half. But they overcame all that and were able to muscle out a win in overtime over Maryland, 27-24. to and from everything you hear out of the Rutgers camp, especially from Shiano, a win like this says a lot about the players and the program they're building at Rutgers. He couldn't say enough about it in his postgame presser. Rutgers, again, shut out in the first half, lost their starting QB in Noah Vedral to a concussion. He was also banged up from a borderline alligator roll on his leg from a Maryland defender. But the team rallied. And offensively, they turned to their biggest and most reliable playmaker in Bo Melton. And I say biggest loosely, he's obviously not that big of a receiver, but the guy is for real. We talk about Bo on this show every week, and he came up huge for the Scarlet Knights. The senior wideout did most of his work on the ground, scoring the game's first touchdown on a 44-yard double reverse, and then added an 18-yard rush on a touch uh, on a swing pass touchdown, which for some reason is counted as a rushing touchdown. I guess it was behind the line of scrimmage, so I get it. But it was a swing pass. They counted it as a rushing touchdown. Melton finished with five receptions for 45 yards out of the two rushes for 62 yards and two touchdowns. But all in all, Rutgers wins this on a missed field goal in overtime and improves to three and five. But they're one of a handful of Big Ten schools to have eight games played at this point this season. The three wins says a lot for Rutgers. Shortened season, weird COVID season. I get all that. But when you're a program like Rutgers looking for a turnaround and looking for those baby steps in progress, a win like that on the road against Maryland does wonders. And I think it says a lot, and this is something to really build off of. And now they can end on a high note. They end the season hosting and playing against 2-5 and five Nebraska, who, just like the rest of the Big Ten, have had a really rough year, a really rough go of it. And they're coming off a loss to Minnesota. So Rutgers is going to open as 6.5-point underdogs, and I'll roll with Rutgers to keep this game close. Give me all New York and New Jersey home dogs this week. I know we can't bet on Rutgers here in Jersey. But if you can, just do it. Because I think it honestly, this might be the week. Except for the Jets. The Jets aren't home. They're on the road. But everyone else, including the Giants. And let's get to that. Let's Speaking of home dogs, let's switch over and talk about the New York Giants here. And as much as I don't want to talk about the pathetic performance of Big Blue, I think it's important to just touch on some glaring issues from their performance on Sunday. And so let's just begin on where we're at right now. The Giants snapped a four-game winning streak. We are no longer streaking, and we are also no longer in first place of the NFC East. The Giants fell out of first place. They are now behind by one game after Washington beat the San Francisco 49ers. And we lost 26-7 to to the Arizona Cardinals. And quite frankly, the score was not that close. The Giants were held scoreless in the first half of the second consecutive week. And aside from a big pass from Golden Tate or two Golden Tate in the second half, probably would have been shut out. Everyone on this team collectively played terrible. And that's not a completely fair comment to say because the defense played their balls off and held the number one red zone offense out of the end zone three consecutive drives to open the game. But it's true, we're a team. The Giants are a team, Joe Judge will tell you that. I love the defense. Everyone as a whole played like dog shit. Played terrible. From top down, coaching staff, to players, everyone played their worst game. Judge, Garrett, Danny, the O-line, the running game, special teams. It was a collective mess. The Giants' offensive line took a gigantic step backwards. Ten steps forward, a thousand steps back. They allowed six sacks. And struggled to pick up protection almost on every play. I mean, the Giants are one of the most blitzed teams in the league. And it didn't look that bad during this four-game winning streak. And Sunday, it looked like they had never seen a blitz before. Danny, yes, we started him. Joe Judge made the call to start him despite his hammy and being limited. But he was clearly rusty. He couldn't move in the pocket or run the ball. He went back to holding the ball way too long. And he made awful reads. And then you got Jason Garrett, who put together the worst game plan I think I've ever seen in my life. And that still might be putting it lightly. He, along with the rest of the coaching staff, completely let down Danny. Completely let him down. Set him up for failure. Because if they knew Danny wasn't going to be able to run, at the extent he wasn't able to run, and yet they had no plan on how to help him, They failed him, and they clearly had no plan on how to help him. There was no plan on offense, period. The offense continued to try to run the ball out of three tight end formations inside a stacked four-four box, which made absolutely no sense. None. It made no sense, and they continued to do it. Not only that, they continued to try to RPO when Danny clearly couldn't move. And I get it, it's part of our offense, and the three tight ends, we did this, I understand that, but this is a different circumstance, because the team knew he couldn't run, anyone with eyes knew he wasn't going to be able to be the same player, or be the player that makes him successful. So when you're running the style of offense that requires him to be most successful when moving with the ball, it clearly causes issues, and sets him up for failure, And seeing that it unfolded the way it did in the first half for a second consecutive week. And in Seattle, we made some adjustments. Judge talked about adjustments. There were no adjustments in this game. Nothing changed. Danny and the O-line went full Benjamin Button and reverted back to what they all struggled with the most. Andrew Thomas, what the hell happened? He played terrible. He got beat on the line in every single way possible. Speed rush, bull rush, inside move, you name it. Matt Pert, Will Hernandez, Shane Lemieux. I think everybody on this offensive line let up a sack. Nick Gates played an awful game. Danny fumbled three times. I'm surprised he's even standing after the first hit from Marcus Golden. And people want to say it's Danny because he didn't see it or this, this, and that. He had two seconds to move, and he got himself eaten alive by Marcus Golden. Our receivers couldn't figure it out, couldn't get an inch of separation. And for me, there isn't much to say that I haven't already said. The defense is the heart and soul of this team and is going to be responsible for the success of this team but they can only do so much. They can only do so much. We will only go as far as this offense allows us to go because our D was exhausted. Exhausted. Time of possession was 37-22 to 22 in favor of the Cardinals. That is not a recipe for success. And if we continue to produce three and out offenses and keep our defense on the field against very good and successful red zone teams. And we just give them the ball inside the red zone. We're no doubt losing the next three games. You can't just do what we did on Sunday and expect everything to be okay. And I expect there to be a difference and I expect the offense to come around, but it's honestly hard to say that confidently. I have my expectations. I'm going to stay positive because look, Washington, first place. Everyone loves their D. Everyone loves their D. Guess what? They may be starting Dwayne Haskins on Sunday against Seattle. And if they lose and the Giants win, they're right back in first place. So I'm going to remain positive. And we're on to Cleveland, where the Giants open as four-point underdogs and will have their work cut out for them. Especially after seeing what Cleveland did on Monday night. Scoring 42 points against Baltimore. They've actually now come off back-to-back 40-point games. But give me the Giants. I'm not falling off the hill. On our boys, I am not I'm not jumping off the train or the wagon. I am the wagon. We are the wagon here at the New York Football Podcast. We are Giants fans. I'm happy to be here. I didn't expect this in any sense of the word, but now that we are, I'm not ready to give up. There's no reason to give up yet. We have to turn to our defense to slow down this offense, and our offense has to be better. Point blank, period. They need to have a game plan. They need to establish the run. In different ways other than the predictable three tight end sets that they have. And we need to put points on the board. More than seven. Because that's not going to get it done in any week. But now let's switch over and touch on the Jets really quickly. And I say really quickly because there really is not much to talk about here. The Jets never actually did anything in this game. And yet in true Adam Gase fashion, he put together a solid opening play script. The Jets were able to put three points on the board in a nine play first drive. And... That's what they do. That's their M.O. But unfortunately, they did nothing after that. Seattle would go on to score 40 unanswered points and win this game 40-3. to And in the Jets' defense, Sergio Castillo did miss three field goals. But there is one person to blame on that, and it's the head coach, Adam Gase, because they did have Sam Ficken on this team, and they chose Sergio Castillo, and that is the bed you lay, and Castillo has now missed a field goal or an extra point in four of the last five games. One positive takeaway I did have, though, is that the Jets haven't completely ruined Marcus May yet. He made a really impressive and incredible interception in the end zone on DK Metcalf, and that was pretty much the extent of my highlights with the Jets, but that was encouraging to see. But the Jets will stay on the West Coast, and they'll take on the surging Los Angeles Rams and open a 17-point road underdogs, which I think is their heaviest spread since playing Kansas City on the road, and that was at about 20. So my only two cents I could put in, and it's the same thing I said last week before they lost by 37, good luck. I don't know if the Rams' offense is going to do what Seattle did. Seattle was coming off a upset loss from the Giants, so they were looking to really make a statement and bounce back in a big way. The Rams have taken care of business. I just don't know what to expect in this. 17 is a lot of points. It's a lot of points, but good luck either way. But now I'm going to get you guys ready for my conversation here with Benny Ricciardi. Benny is here, of course, as a part of FTN Network and FTN Bets. We'll go through, break down, and extract value from the full week 15 slate of games and talk about some potential line movements and early line movements that have already happened and some favorable matchups in our picks. So without further ado, here he is, Benny Ricciardi. (music) All right now I welcome on my good friend, a friend of the program, a, f- a friend of yours. I think you could consider him a friend now for all the listeners out there. He's been here long enough. Not sure if I'm overstaying my welcome at this point. I feel like you you deserve to be here more wow. than I do at this point, oh, Benny. Man. How are you doing? People at home know we went 6-5-1 on this show. We have a lot to get to because my early you know, intuition on some games was right. And also wrong and the same thing on your end. But how would you make out this weekend? How did you survive? And is your head above
1: water right now? My head is above water right now. Um, We had the two. So we had the two plus money home dogs, the Giants and the um, Bears. We lost on the Giants. We won on the Bears, but they're both plus money. So as long as you win one out of two, you end up making a little bit of a profit. So that was good. The Saints was the one team that killed me this week, and like I said to you, if they played that game again this weekend and the spread was 10, I would lay 10 with the Saints because so many things went wrong for them, and they still almost came back to win that game, and you know what? That's gambling. That's why you don't go all in on every game here, so that one hurt, but we had a couple other good ones. The Titans teaser piece paid off. The um, Packers teaser piece paid off. Those were the two that I was heaviest on. The Chiefs, I was a little shady on. I should have been heavier on that. But you know what? People who bet the Chiefs and didn't tease the Chiefs, they lost money because uh, Miami came back and won that game. And honestly, the Chiefs were down. What were they down? Like 10 nothing or 17 Yeah, you threw
0: like two picks, I think, in the first quarter. But I'm glad you said that because two winners in real life were two losers on the show in both the Packers and the Chiefs on some backdoor covers there, we count those as losses on the show. So the show record takes the hit. But in real life, those are teasers, and that's why it's important to listen to us because – we're gonna take it as is just for the sake of picking a line and picking a spread. But when we say this is a good teaser game, hear that out because you're absolutely right. And the, the Packers got snake bitten just as bad as the Chiefs did.
1: So here's here's the thing I want people to realize. The Chiefs are 12-1 on the season. The Chiefs are only six and seven against the spread, though. So if you just bet the spread on the Chiefs every week this year, despite the fact that they're 12-1, you would be losing money right now. But 12 and one they're also 10-3 and three on the teasers. So if you would have teased the Chiefs every week um, of the season this year, you would have won 10 times on that and only lost three times on that. And that's why the teaser legs are so important, and that's why we talk about it because the problem – and this is actually one week, and we'll, get, we'll talk about this when we get to that game if we talk about that game later. Normally, the Chiefs had these spreads of 8, 9, 10, 12 points. And what do I always say? Like, I don't want to take a number that big because I worry about the backdoor cover. If you have a dominant defense, I don't worry about that. But the Chiefs' defense is not that good. So there are a lot of times when the Chiefs are either down and need to come back, and we always feel good about Mahomes having a ball in his hands to cash some of those teasers, which happened a couple times in the last few weeks. Or they're up, and the defense is going to give up a late score because they don't have the kind of defense that can really get after passers and shut down drives, and they don't have the kind of corners that are really going to shut down a whole bunch of receivers out there. So that's why they keep getting backdoored or they keep winding up having to get, you know, being down like they were against Miami two over two touchdowns in the first half. And then Patrick Mahomes having to be Superman to bring him back. And the fact that he is Superman is the reason why they're 12 and one. Because if you put a mortal quarterback on that team, they'd be, I don't know, probably seven and six or something like that.
0: I don't know if anyone else could hit Tyreek Hill in stride the way he does. They make that look way too easy. It's way too consistent. It's not that easy. I can assure you it isn't. No, it's not and, every
1: week. that easy. But, yeah, they, I mean, honestly, it's almost, it's almost undefendable yeah. unless you use two people. And then you're playing, you know, you're playing nine-on-nine nine and you're leaving somebody else like Travis Kelsey one-on-one or Miko Hartman one-on-one. Like, they just have so many weapons on that team. And Mahomes is so good, and the scheme is so good, and it's just – their offense – to me, the, that offense is by far the scariest offense in the league if I'm a defensive coordinator. Yep. And honestly, the only thing that's going to keep that team from winning a Super Bowl if they don't win another one is the defense because the offense is, the offense is literally perfect.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, Kelsey in one-on-one – Against anyone. I'm taking that matchup for sure. And honestly, they've been doing that all season. They were both tied or close to the top three of uh, receiving yards earlier this season. I think it was like two weeks ago. So I don't know if it's still there. I don't know what Kelsey did last week. But yeah, they're both definitely still up there. Definitely within the top 10. I know Hill probably leads the league if not is number two at this point because Diggs has gone absolutely off but let's move past the Chiefs we'll get back to them shortly this week we have a interesting slate of games here we got two Saturday games a Thursday game and games all over the place on Sunday and with the cherry on top we get capped off with the Giants in prime time for some unfortunate reason so let's start with Thursday and move our way to the two Saturday games which is always something that excites me because who doesn't like more football and on Thursday we have the Los Angeles Chargers three and a half point underdogs at the Las Vegas Raiders, plus 162 on the money line for the Chargers, minus 182 for the Raiders, over under is 53 points. Every week we come on here and we talk about the Chargers. And every week I want to take them. And this is a week I'm just looking at the number, objectively looking at this number, Thursday night, divisional game. I like three and a half. The Chargers, their MO is keeping things relatively close whether they win or not. I can see them covering the three and a half and I could see them winning this outright.
1: Where do you sit at on this game? And am I wrong? So my number on this game is actually Raiders minus five and a half, but I don't think your analysis is wrong. Like this is the problem I have with the chargers too. Even when they, when they win or when they lose, I think if you go back and look at their games this year, there may be one, there may be two. One was the 45, nothing blowout to uh, the Patriots a few weeks ago when we were on the Patriots side of it. The other one was earlier in the year where I think they lost by 10. Every other game that they played this year has been eight points or less. Like, all their losses, their losses are like three, five. I was doing the numbers before, and I haven't written in front of me. But it's like three, five, four, two, three, seven. Like, they never get blown out. The games are always close. So, I mean, they're six and seven against the spread, even though they're – what are they at, four wins, I think? They're four and – or four and nine or something like that? They may only um, have three. They, they probably could have seven, actually,
0: if Anthony Lynn knew how to coach football. But that's that's a conversation for a different day.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that – well, actually, that's a conversation for today because this is one of the reasons why I like the Raiders' side. You know, we talked about when they played New England that we thought it was going to be a close game. And if it was a close game, it was going to come down to one team has Bill Belichick as their coach, the other team is Anthony Lynn. Well, listen, this is kind of the same thing. Like, people may – I think John Gruden's a little bit of a fucking weirdo sometimes, but he's a hell of a football coach. And he's going to make that – because I don't think that team actually has as much talent as some of the teams they're playing against. And you look at him right now, 7-6, and 7-6 and six against the spread. Like, you know, that offense is ridiculous. The defense is absolutely horrible. So, I know everybody's expecting this to be such a high-scoring game. I see this being, like, 23 to, like, 17. And like I said, I'm on the Raiders side of this game. So I like the Raiders and the under. And I think the average person out there is going to pick the Chargers in the over this week. And I'm completely opposite that.
0: That's, that's important. What you just said is important. And I feel like we got to carry that into this show more because I need to know this ahead of time. These primetime games, we talked about it a lot, but I need to know if everyone's going to either bet the Chargers or the Raiders ahead of time. And I'll simply just pick the other side based on that more often than not, because We've gone over it. It works pretty often. I like to look on Sunday and just see what's going on. But just for the sake of talking about these two teams being in the division, they already saw each other this season. It was a five-point game. The Chargers finally got back on track with a win, a three-point win at that against the Atlanta Falcons. They were home for two games, so they're going to hit the road. But two wins in the last four. They do have four wins to your point. I don't know. I don't know what to think of the Raiders
1: here. We'll leave the let, me last throw, let me throw this other thing in there before you make your decision, real quick. Yeah. Right now, the Raiders are the first team on the bubble of the playoffs. If the playoffs started today, they would be the first team out. But they're seven and six, and I think the, at least two of the teams in front of them are eight and five. So they're literally a win away from putting themselves back in there. If the Raiders are serious about making the playoffs this year, they can't drop this game. Which is why my favorite play, my favorite way to play this game is actually to parlay it. And you know, I don't usually parlay stuff. That's not something that is kind of in my wheelhouse of what I do. But if, if I think the number should be five and a half and the number's three and a half, the money line is going to be a derivative of the spread and vice versa. Right? Like they're, they're related to each other. I don't like the number because it's three and a half and I'm losing the hook. And my number's five and a half. So it's not like my number's above seven where I'm like, all right, well at least I'm getting the other number through like three and a half to five and a half is no man's land. But Again, if I think it should be 5.5, that should mean that the money line should be, I don't know, like minus 220-ish. I've got to do the math in order to figure it out exactly. But roughly, let's say like minus 220-ish, right? Right now, you're getting the Raiders at minus 182. So, to me, that's the best way to play this game is like play this as part of a – as part of a parlay where you take and I know it's not even a great number, but minus one eighty ish is around where I've been seeing it at. I think you said minus one eighty two is what bet online has, right? So that's where we're at. Yep. Minus one eighty two. I like this. You could parlay like the Raiders and the Chiefs who we'll talk about later, and you wind up getting like a plus one forty, 140, plus one forty five. Dude, I'm an old all day I would do that. I like that a lot, actually.
0: That's interesting. So I'm just looking at this. They're two and four at home. I wanna bet the Raiders. I'll take the Raiders. They seem like they're a pick that I should make the, the sharp pick here. I think the Chargers are just due to take my money yet again if I pick them. So, for the sake of myself, I'll pick the Raiders on this show. And then, come time, if I want to sprinkle something on Justin Herbert, rushing one in, and maybe the Raiders win, uh, maybe the Chargers winning, we'll have ourselves a day. Maybe. We'll see how Thursday goes. There's a long way till then. We have a snowstorm to encounter before Thursday, a lot could
1: happen. you got a lot to worry about. That's very true. Although, Las Vegas, I don't think it's snowing in Las Vegas. It's not. Yeah, this game will be in sunny weather at the very least.
0: I don't have have an opinion on the total. I do think the over would make a lot of sense. But you know something? A lot of the games, especially with high totals, like 53 is pretty high. I think 55 is normally that number that I'm like, all right, that's a ceiling. Um, 55 is tough to get to. You're saying there's a lot of points going to be scored on this. Thursday night games, I – I don't normally expect a lot of points of them, to be honest. And I guess the biggest deciding factor in that is what defenses show up. Again, is it the Chargers defense that's going to allow 45 points to the Patriots, or is it the Chargers defense that allowed 17 points last week? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. So I'm going to stay away from the total. But I'll take the Raiders. I'll take a money line. But also, for the sake of the show, take them to cover the three and a half. Don't love not having the hook, though.
1: Yeah, if you're, betting, if you're betting the Raiders, the three and a half, I think, is going to go up. So take that number now. If you like, if you're on my side of it and you like the under, wait. If you're on the over, bet it now. Because I do think 53 is going to be, I think it's going to close higher than 53. So if you want to take the under like I do, I'm waiting on that to see if it gets to 55. And then I'm going to bang the under big time. But if you want the over, take it now. Because I do think the direction it's going to go is going to be up. That's a really good idea. So
0: let's proceed. And we have more primetime games to talk about here. I guess technically any game on Saturday would be considered primetime because we don't normally have Saturday games. But we have a game that I really like, and it's an early teaser play for me. We have the Buffalo Bills minus seven on the road against the Denver Broncos. I love betting the Bills. Last week, you walked me off the ledge from picking them on this show. But as I informed you pre-show, I did not listen to you. (laughs)
1: hey sometimes that's the way to do it (laughs) I had
0: a long Sunday I was like you know what I'm going with my sack I'm putting them on the table I'm taking the bills and they weren't a dog I really wish they were the dog there um because we had talked and we thought the Steelers should have been the favorite to begin with but anyways the bills came through they came up with a big win and look at this point I don't know if they they're obviously in meaningful football this game isn't obviously going to mean that much to them they're versing a Broncos team that is in no man's land I think this is an easy game. It's too easy, which is why I don't really like the number and is ultimately why I also want to tease this down. Bring it down to one just so I can bet the Bills and continue to bet the Bills. And I feel like this is a good way to start off, you know, my week of betting with a teaser.
1: Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I actually I, – my number is minus six, so I wouldn't play them at minus seven. But I would I'd be fine with the teaser on this side. You know, it's – to me, I don't see Buffalo losing this game, you know. I, I, so, minus one is not a lot of points. Denver is solid at home sometimes. They do yep. wind up pulling off some upsets, but I'm fine with Buffalo. Buffalo is really, really good. I, I think seven points, I think, is almost disrespectful here, but I think part of it is because Denver plays a lot of low-scoring games. What's the, what's the total here? 50. It's actually pretty high. That is a pretty high number. Well, you know, I think they're expecting Denver to actually have
0: success against Buffalo because they run the ball. Buffalo's weakness is that run defense. That's pretty much cool. all Denver could do. At least I would actually like.
1: Break. I would actually like them better if Melvin Gordon doesn't play and it's all Philip Lindsay. Yeah. But I think I think Gordon might have practiced today. I don't know. Like guys, we do this early in the week, guys, so definitely keep yeah. up on the on the injury reports. But Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon, I think got banged up last game, and then Lindsay was the was the running back for most of the game. I like Lindsay better than I more than I like Melvin Gordon. So I would actually prefer it if Melvin Gordon doesn't play in this game.
0: Yeah, I like it either way, I, at least in that teaser play. Again, I don't really have an opinion on the seven. This is going to be one of those things. Listen, if the seven doesn't cover, we'll count it as a loss, but in my pocket, I'll count it as a win. I like this as a teaser play. The next game on Saturday, though, the nightcap of this is very interesting to me because the number is frightening, and this just screams backdoor to me, but it almost screams it so much that I want to fade myself on this, but The Carolina Panthers are ten-point road dogs on the road against
1: the Green Bay Packers. I was up to ten. Betty, 10's a lot. Yeah, this is a lot of points. This opened in most places at like, like eight and a half. Mm -hmm. So if it's up to ten already, like I again, I was hoping it was gonna stay at eight and a half till Wednesday, because some shops don't open up teasers till Wednesday at least. Mm -hmm. And um, I was gonna tease the hell out of this, tease that down to two and a half. That would have been nice. Now it's up to ten already.
0: Yeah, it's it's climbing. And the number is just, again, scaring
1: I don't think the shit wrong, out though. of me. I don't think they're right. My number is nine. My number is actually between nine and a half and 10. It's like 9.7 something when I run the numbers. So, I mean, 10 is where it should be. I don't think it's wrong. This That's is another case, play.
0: though. What Panthers team are we seeing? I have no idea. And the Packers are absolutely rolling, but. Them against the spread is a nightmare right now, at least in terms of betting that number and watching it until the end. For some reason, they're just allergic to covering. And last week was a good example. The Eagles game, it was getting sketchy. The over-under is 51.5 in this game. Maybe I'm going to tow the over on that just so I can get something in on this game. I feel like the Panthers are going to show up to play. I think that's why... I feel like I want to take the 10. I think everyone's riding them off because no CMC. But if you you watch this team, DJ Moore will be back. I think they have enough offensively to put up some points against the Packers. I think maybe I'll stay away from the number entirely because I could see the Packers blowing them out. But I'll take the over. I think I'm going to take the over at 51.5 here and just call it a day.
1: Actually, I like that better than the number at 10 now because (laughs) I I do – I mean, I honestly think this game is going to wind up being one of those like 31 24 kind of shootouts or something like that. So I would probably be with you. I, if we're going to make a bet on this game, give me the over more than, more than either one of the sides here. Like, Just I, like, I liked Green Bay when it was, I have my numbers nine, like 9.7, 9.75, somewhere around there. And um, at eight and a half, I was going to cheese the shit out of that down to two and a half and be really happy about it. But mm. I can't take 10, man. 10's too many. And what the hell's the point of teasing the four?
0: For me, if you look at it, it just looks fishy. It's the Saturday night game, prime time. I think they're still going to run the ball with Mike Davis. You saw it last week. Packers can't really stop the run. They'll be committed to it. They just really need to get enough out of their receivers, and I think they'll be able to against this Packers defense. And look, the one thing you could always bank on betting this over is that Rodgers and this offense are going to score. They're going to score points. He's going to get his with Devontae, and you know Aaron Jones is probably going to score this game, if not two or twice, so I like the over a lot, and uh, we, we can lock that in. I have no say on this number, but if I had to pick, I'll take the Panthers, but that's not counting. We're not counting that one. Let's go to Sunday. Let's go to Sunday. Seattle, on the road here. Mine is five and a half. I was surprised by this number. On the road at Washington, Washington plus 200 on the money line over under is 44 and a half. We don't know who's starting for Washington at quarterback, and that's probably why the number – is in no man's land the way it is. If it's Dwayne Haskins, it's covering. If it's Alex Smith, I believe it's covering either way, especially under that 6. Look, I get it. Washington's defense, they're playing out of their minds. They're in first place, a lot to lose, a lot on the line. I'm not buying it. I I, I don't know. I think Seattle showed last week against the Jets. They have something to prove. They're trying to play for home field. They definitely don't want to be in that wild card. The Rams keep winning. Seattle's trying to win games. This just does not seem like a game that they could afford to lose right now on either end, but I just see Seattle winning by a touchdown here. I like it under six. Um, don't love the number, but I'll take Seattle to win by a touchdown. Where are you at on this game?
1: So I'm glad you mentioned the Haskins and Alex Smith thing because I wanted to talk about this. So yeah, if Haskins is the quarterback, I have this game as minus four. If Alex Smith is the quarterback, I have this game as minus two and a half. So, what's the number at right now? Five and a half. See, five at five and a half, I, I hope Alex Smith is the quarterback because I have two and a half. And if it's five and a half, I would be on the Washington side of this game. Hmm. At five and a half, even if it's Haskins – well, if it's Haskins, I'd probably bet against him because I just – at this point, I have no, no faith way. in him. Yeah, yeah, I just have no faith in him. So I I mean, saw That's what Seattle, I'm banking on. Yeah, I mean, I saw Seattle finally, like – look a little more like the Seattle team we think they are or at least they were earlier in the year so I'm hoping that that means that they're kind of bouncing back from you know some of the some I know I know it was a shitty opponent they obviously played the Jets like it is what it is but still they went out there and put a whooping on the Jets which is what you're supposed to do and you know how it is man sometimes sometimes you just need that game against that crappy team just get your confidence back up a little bit that game 100% You, you were an athlete. I, I coached you during some of those games where, you know, we had you know, some really, really bad games and then all of a sudden we had, uh, you know, we played some crappy at play then Harrison, yeah. like Play <laughs>
0: Harrison, yeah. And then
1: all of a sudden it's like, all right, all right, yeah, we, we're still good. We're still good. But then you go and you play a tough team the next game and you, you know, you got that swagger and you're good. And, you know, that's, why, yeah. that's why as coaches we schedule those crappy teams in the middle of, right before a lot of those divisional
0: you know, games that'll sneak up on you. Those divisional games definitely sneak up on you.
1: So I also think this is what happened in New Orleans last week. New Orleans lost to the Eagles because they came out flat thinking we're just going to roll this team, and they were looking ahead to the game against Kansas City this week. And I think that's what happened. So that's why you, you know you schedule a patsy before you have a big game so that you get the confidence boost and you know you don't got to sweat it out, like you know, the Eagles were supposed to be the patsy for New Orleans, and they weren't last week. so
0: Well, I do think, though, I mean, with that said, I feel even better about Seattle. Look, I respect. Washington, I love their defense. Look, if Chase Young scores another two touchdowns today, I know he only scored one, but he pretty much was responsible for like three in that game. And if he does that again and he wins them the game, good for them. And I'll just eat my words on the pick. But in all reality to me, Seattle's not losing to another NFC East team the way they lost to the Giants. I just can't see it happening again. I I, like fool me once shame on them, but I think they're better than that. And, And I'm not to say Look, I'm a Giant fan. I think we earned the win, all that, this, this, and that. It's just going to be hard to muscle out another one against Seattle in that fashion. The Giants held them 12 points. That was the lowest all season by far. You're going to need an effort like that from Washington's defense, and I just don't see Seattle doing that in, what, two out of the last three weeks. That's just going to be a little too tough. That total is also low, so that's what they're projecting. I mean, they're projecting... A twenty to seventeen type of ball game, that
1: type of thing. So you know what? That's why five and a half is a lot of points. Like I said, yeah. I like if if Alex Smith is the quarterback, give me the Washington side. If Dwayne Haskins is the quarterback, I'm all over Seattle.
0: That's contingent. I mean, come down
1: quarterback for me.
0: All right, I'll I'll, I'll play the same game, Dwayne or Alex. I'm writing it in the notes. People at home, keep us modest to that. You let me know. You let me know. But uh, the record will reflect. We look back at these show notes. I keep myself. I hold myself accountable. I wish I could get
1: myself okay. an equal record. Wish I could. If you want to give people gambling advice, you need, to hold, you need to have your record public so people can see what you're doing and what you're playing. I even post all my – I try to post all my plays so people know who I'm playing. This way, you know, at the end of the game, I'm not flashing some winning ticket that nobody knew I was on and just be like, look, check it out, I won. Like, you know, yeah. if you're going to say it, bro, say it with your chest. That's it. Put some, put some faith behind Show that.
0: those L's, baby. Show those L's. <laughs> Not all of them, though, because sometimes it gets depressing and you start to see people have a gambling problem. 1-800-GAMBLER, folks. (laughs) 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's move on. Sunday at 1 p.m., we got another game here. This is a team I was all over. You told me it was a sketchy game, and I just saw no way they were going to lose that game and not cover. And luckily, I was right on this end. Similar number here. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road here, minus six against the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta plus 215 on the money line over under is 50 and a half. We talked about the Falcons. They lost uh, to the Chargers by three points. The Bucs handled the Vikings. Um, I think the only news to really talk about with the Bucs is uh, whether Ronald Jones will be 100%. I, he got surgery on his pinky. I don't think it's going to be that serious of an issue. I like the Bucs minus six again. I don't want to fall in love with them, but you know I'm going to ride a good team here. I'm going to ride it out. It's under seven. The Falcons keep things close. The backdoor is sketching me the fuck out. Something th- uh, smells fishy about this game. It's a divisional game. But the overlook's too easy for me, and, and I don't want to take that. And so I'm just going to lock in and take the bucks, take the road teams. And you know something? I also didn't tell you this before air, but I told myself I'm going to make a better effort at betting these road teams because that's just where things are starting to lean a little bit. That's all. These road teams are getting friskier by the week. That's what I'm noticing. And so, favored or not favored, I'm going to take the Bucks here, minus six here, um, against the
1: Falcons, who God knows is going to show up on Sunday. Where are you at on this game? Yeah, you, know, you just gave me a lot to digest there, so I'm going to try to go one by one through all of it. Yeah, um, I, really don't give, I, I really don't care who the running back is. I don't give a shit. I really don't care because, to me, Ronald Jones, LaShawn McCoy, Leonard Fournette, if they bring him back, um, who's the other guy? Keyshawn, whatever, whoever the other guy that they got in that, in that mix is. It's Keyshawn a run- Bond. Yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn. There you go. It's a running back by committee, and I really don't think any of them are better than any of the other ones. Like, it's a role. To me, it's a role. And we talk about this all the time, right I think, like, people kind of overrate how much a good running back matters, and I know Giants fans hate to hear that. Like, Saquon is one of the few that moves the needle. You know, there's a couple that move the needle. That. But, again, Some people quarter- need to hear that. It's a passing league right now. Quarterbacks, wide receivers move things more than random running backs do, and I really don't think that matters all that much. So that's number one. Number two, man, six is too many points for me. I don't, points. I, don't like, like, I don't like Atlanta. I don't want to play the Atlanta side of this game because Atlanta could just get completely blown out here. They're, yep. they're a team that sometimes just comes out and lays eggs, but they don't normally do it at home. So that's why I kind of have a little more faith than if I was going to take it at six. My number on this game is only two and a half. So I actually, yeah, like if this was a field goal, wow. yeah, if this was a field goal, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have any money on Tampa Bay. So it opened at minus four. It's already moved two points in that direction. Like to me, it's just too many points. But I don't think Tampa Bay loses. So to me, what I would do is I'll just tease this down to Tampa Bay as a pick'em and just go right, go at it like that. Because I don't think Tampa Bay loses, but I don't want to. I don't want to lay six points. Like this could be a backdoor cover kind of thing. Yeah. I'm, I just I don't have a lot of faith. The Tampa Bay defense now is not playing like the Tampa Bay defense did the first couple weeks of the season when we thought they were going to be dominant.
0: No. Benny, I'm going to stick to your advice and not put this in my teaser because what's more likely, <laughs> one of these other games to cover or the box. Now, I actually I, – I only say that loosely because I'm just trying to be funny. I actually don't see many other teasable games here that I like much more than that. That's actually a good uh, bet, especially if I feel as confident about the box as I do. I just think they're going to roll. That's the thing. I don't see them losing. I know it's divisional. Yeah, I see something wishy-washy going on. Look, we saw that Monday night game. And in probably one of the strangest of backdoor covers you'll ever see in your life. So, look, this is the NFL, you're betting it, and it's going to be weird and crazy. And the Falcons are a part of a lot of those games. So, normally, my advice would be to not bet anything involving the Falcons either side on the Falcons, don't do it. So, that's why I wanted to bet the over, but I want to ride the Bucks here. I, I think the Bucks are a good play. Let's move. Let's move on. And this is another piece that I thought can be a teaser play, but I genuinely don't know where you're at on this, and I don't know if this number uh, resembles recency bias or not. But we have the Philadelphia Eagles on the road, seven-point underdogs, according to BetOnline.ag. This is at six and a half on DraftKings on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona coming off the win against the Giants. Philadelphia beating New Orleans at home. Plus two twenty-seven on the money line. Over/under is 49 and a half, maybe 44 and a half. No, that's a 49. I can't, even, I can't read my own handwriting. 49 and a half, we'll go with that. Benny, where are you at on this game? What do you think is going to happen? Do you believe the hype in the Philadelphia Eagles right now? And is Jalen Hurts going to somehow show up and pull off another seven-point upset?
1: No, not at all. Um, my number is Arizona minus six. This opened at five and a half on DraftKings, up to six and a half already. Well, that tells you everything you need to know about which way the steam's coming from. Everybody basically saw that number and said, "Well, that's not big enough," and started betting it up there. Yeah, I. I mean, we have one game with Jalen Hurts as quarterback, right? And and like I said before, with the Steelers, the Steelers were kind of looking ahead there. Everything went right for the Eagles in the first half, and then they almost blew the game in the second half anyway because they're just they're they're not that good. They played above their head. They had a high variance game that worked out in their favor. I totally expect Arizona to win this game. Arizona's defense looked really damn good against the Giants, and I know the Giants' offense is not like world beaten right now. And I know you hate to hear no, that.
0: No, no, no. You're putting it way too lightly. The way I describe the uh, Giants' offense would be inept, incapable, incompetent. All right, so Any of
1: those. Okay, fair enough. So that's what I'm saying. It's like I don't want to give I don't want to give Arizona too too much credit for that, but I don't think a rookie quarterback for the Eagles and you know, a decent skill position group but nothing, nothing insane. Like it's, I don't think the Eagle skill position players are, I don't know. I wouldn't even put them top 10 in the league overall. So it's not like this is a really good offense here. Like Arizona is a legit team. Kyler's been looking a little bit better. The running game is starting to come on a little bit more right now, which is something that's big. The defense can get pressure and they have good uh, ball hawks in the back that can get some interceptions and stuff for them you know, turnovers and, and score some touchdowns and get good field position. Like, I like Arizona a lot here. You can tease them down. Home team tease down to one point. I like that a lot as part of a teaser leg. Um, I do – I actually do like that maybe even more than Tampa Bay, to be honest with you. So, I get where you were coming from with that I one. See. If that's what thinking there, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not buying in on the Eagles. No way. I, I really I, – like, again, seven's a lot of points, but I totally expect Arizona to win this game. And to me, it's a matter of if they win by more than seven or not, not whether or not they win, which is why teasing them down to one is one of my favorite things to do this week.
0: Yeah, I I really like that. That was probably uh, probably my play regardless. But I didn't want to seem not confident in the Cardinals either. Seven's just a lot of points. For for me, the way I look at the Eagles is just very unpredictable. I'd just rather bet on something that's more certain. And look, I get it. I'm not buying the Eagles offense by any means. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to reinvent the wheel there. They still are who they are, and their offensive line isn't very good. Uh, People can't forget that, and again, you're right. Cardinals defense did look a lot better. I could see them lighting up the scoreboard here, but I'd rather not touch that total. I'll, I'll play the Cardinals. I'll count it as both a teaser and that line bet, as we always do, but I think that one is a really nice play, especially as the home team. Let's get to the marquee matchup here for the week, and we have The Kansas City Chiefs, three-point favorites on the road against the New Orleans Saints, plus 145 for the home dogs in the Saints, over-under is 51.5. Saints with a gigantic letdown. The Chiefs dodged a letdown. They're going to stay on the road, take on the Saints here. I love the Chiefs. This is probably the lowest the spread's been all season. Uh, yep. that's just like reason enough for me to just bet them right
1: there. <laughs> but, uh, Honestly, yeah. yes. Like that, that's, that's it. Top, <laughs> that's I, all I got. Yeah. I, I mean, we, yeah. Talk, we, we were just talking about it earlier with the Chiefs. Yep. It's like they're six and seven against the spread because the spread's always eight and a half, nine, and then they give up a late touchdown and they win by six like last week or they win by four or, or they, they came out down three touchdowns and had the storm back. Like that's, that's the Chiefs. But now it's three points. And honestly, I believe in this move, too, because it opened at three and a half in a lot of places. And when it did, my number's two and a half on the Chiefs here. And this is my number one and number two teams in my power rankings right now. And then, basically, I have, I have Chiefs about four points better And then when you factor in home field. You get, like, you get it down to, like, two and a half or so. At three, I'm all over Kansas City. I'll take a push if they wind up winning by three, but I am all over Kansas City. Normally, we talk about Kansas City as a teaser piece, like, Straight up, give me KC minus three right now. I love that.
0: Minus 165 on the money line, too. Nothing to, you know, ride home about, but still low enough that if you want to get crazy with it and not have to deal with a push and just throw them in something, I like
1: that play, too. Well, that's what I was talking about with the parlays earlier today. Them at minus 165, that number feels too low to me. So there are a couple teams that I wouldn't mind parlaying with the Chiefs here. And um, like I said, the Chiefs... The Chiefs at minus 165 and the Raiders at minus 180-ish, it gets you like plus 142, plus 145. That's a really good return for two games that I think are basically locks.
0: Yep, Yeah. I, I agree. 51 and a half, that's the over-under. I see there being a lot less points scored in this game than expected there. For some reason, I'm not buying the Taysom Hill hype anymore. I'm not. I think it's very one dimensional, and if he can't break those runs, they really struggle to score points. Look, Michael Thomas looks a lot better, looks back to normal, but he's not the type of guy who's going to yak up and score those big touchdowns. He's dink and dunk, he's moved the chain. So I don't see a magical playmaker outside of Kamara coming from the Saints. It worries me that this total is going to be a lot lower. It doesn't worry me because I'm going to bet the under, but (laughs) it it worries me that the Saints are kind of falling off track here on what I expected them to continue to be good at just because yeah, it was one loss. I think it just showed a lot of what Taysom Hill is and what he's able to do as a quarterback.
1: Well, also what the saints are with Taysom Hill as their quarterback, right? Like here's, here's the thing is this team is built to win games with field position and just not turning the ball over and, you know, being enough on offense and letting their defense kind of carry them. You saw them fall behind the Eagles last week, and there's a good chance at some point in this game against Kansas City they fall behind too. I don't know if this team has what it takes to come from behind. I don't know if they have what it takes to say to Taysom Hill, stand in the pocket and sling it 25, 30 times in the second half and bring us back from a a touchdown or a two touchdown deficit. This team is built to play in games that are never more than seven points in either direction. They are not built to come back from being down two or three scores. And against Kansas City, you better hope your defense comes to play the game of their life. If you're going to try to play this entire game with the lead, I don't see that happening at all.
0: I don't, I don't see that happening. And if they get behind it, they're going to struggle to score. And I think even if they're leading, that means Casey's going to struggle to score. Yeah. Casey will score those points, but Saints are going to have to score a lot in order for that over to get there. Cause again, for me over the fifties, that's a lot more than people realize, especially for an offense that just struggled to score against an Eagles defense. That is, not good at all. By the way, I didn't note that about the Cardinals. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to eat. I have him a lot of places for fantasy playoffs, and I'm really looking forward to that. I think they, that game screams points. and maybe not in terms of that over or the under. It's 49 and a half. But in terms of fantasy, I think there's a lot of action that's going to go on. Kyler hasn't rushed for one in a while. Hopkins has been, look, he's been a possession receiver. Hasn't scored in a little bit, at least not consistently. So expect a big game from the two of them. Let's go to Sunday night. I wish I could avoid this, but I can't. And before I even fully dissect this game, I just need you to know, I think you're probably going to be on the other side anyways, but I need you to be on the other side here because the only time you decided to come over to the dark side and pick the New York Giants.
1: Fucking Giants.
0: Okay. So we have the Cleveland Browns as a favorite, which is always something we talked about on the show. Whenever the Browns are favorited, you should say, no, 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 something's wrong. But they're up to four and a half point favorites here. On the road against the New York Giants. Giants are plus 180 on the money line. Over under is 45 and a half. Benny, are you gonna pick the Browns? Can you can you just pick the Browns so the I'll Giants can get I'll back on track? Brown.
1: My my number is actually right on market here. I'm I'm right on four and a half. That's the number that okay. I get to. So I would rather be on the Browns side than the Giants side. So I'll take the Browns. Perfect. Baker Mayfield looked good last night, man. I was actually impressed with the Browns last night, which is something I know that they have. What are they like? What would they have, eight wins, nine wins now? Nah, nine, yeah, they, they, have were, nine wins. they have nine wins. Yeah, I know they have nine wins, but they have not been an impressive nine-win team. They yeah. were impressive last night, even though they, uh, you know, even, even with everything that went on and them losing the game, like, you, you can't put – the offense didn't do anything wrong. Whenever they were called upon to make a play against a pretty good Ravens defense, the Ravens defense might not be locked down, but they're still very good. They played very well last night, and I think they put a lot of people on notice that uh, the Browns are going to be a problem for somebody in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, they're definitely making the playoffs. The only thing I could say about that game is actually everyone's looking at that game as it's bad news for the Giants because the Ravens and the Browns actually don't. I see it as the opposite. I I don't see it that way because this is what the Giants need. They they need the absolute doubt. They don't need a slight doubt. They need the disrespectful doubt. They need the Seattle doubt. They need a team to come in as hot as hot can be. The Browns didn't even win, and people are going to say they're going to blow the Giants out by 30 points. Good. Because you're going on the road against a very good defense. And look, I think their offense looked amazing. But at its core, the Giants got to shut down Chubb. If they can shut down Chubb and let them rely on Hunt in that receiving game as a dump off out of the backfield, look, they don't have an Odell to stretch the field. Don't tell me Donovan People Jones is going to beat the Giants on Sunday. If that's the case, tell me now and I will not watch the game, Benny, okay? There's no way that's happening. So it's either Jarvis or Hunt. And I think. You live with that, and I don't know if that's enough to beat the Giants. The only issue with me is, though, God, I don't know how many points we're going to score. I have no idea. (laughs) I have no no idea what team I'm going to get on Sunday.
1: Honestly, my my big problem with the Giants right now is the offense, because unless the weather – you better hope that it it snows again. You better hope that this Nor'easter gets pushed to Sunday, because that would make me feel better about the Giants. But the Giants are not going to be – Other than the games that have been really crappy weather, Cleveland's been putting up a lot of points this year. yeah. And that's going to be a problem for the Giants because the Giants, I don't think can win a 31-28 game. They can win a 21-17 game. I don't think they can win a a 31-28 game. And Cleveland's that team that, dude, they get in the end. So they put up points. Like, they'll make some mistakes. Baker will make some boneheaded throws and stuff like that. But – he also make some really good throws, like he did last night. He made some he made some really nice plays last night on some of those drives. It was probably one of the cleaner Baker games we've seen. Yeah. Now again, he's a guy that's very erratic, so. Know
0: how to pick six, right? You know, it was it wasn't exactly. picture perfect.
1: Now my that's thing pretty is
0: pretty the point. Giants. The Giants D has showed over the last two weeks. Now if they live with the bend and don't break defense against the Browns, I think it works. And I think it actually puts the Browns in a position that they struggled in last year. And that's red zone offense. They were able to contain the Cardinals in the red zone. They were able to contain Seattle in the red zone. If they give the uh, the Browns all those yards and have them settle for field goals. I mean, they have themselves a game, but I cannot openly say I'm confident enough that this team could even score 21 points, let alone 28 points. So, I mean, that's ultimately what I'm worried about, but, with all due respect, they put up 40 points in back-to-back games. I don't know what's going on with the Ravens right now. Lamar is pooping everywhere. Their defense is in shambles with COVID. And then the game before that was a Titans. And, God, you could literally the, – the, you could clog up that log jam with a 1,000 logs and they'll still allow a fucking floodgate to go through there because the Titans' defense is just ridiculously bad. So, I do get it. I buy the hype of the Browns. I think they're a better team. Than most teams expected, but they better bring that noise come Sunday night because the Giants are ready to play. Let's go to Monday. Let's move on to Monday. And we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. As pro- this is the heaviest spread that we've talked about on the night. 12 and a half point favorites on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. Benny, I mean, I want to throw this in a teaser piece just to have a play real quick and just bring it down six. It'll be under the seven. I think that's a nice, safe play. I think they cover the 12 and a half. I'm not too concerned here do you see anything in this game that's throwing you off or is it as
1: easy as we should bet the Steelers here and worry about it later? I like the Steelers. I wouldn't mind the Steelers at 12 and a half, although I don't play teams at 12 and a half. Yeah, I absolutely. actually have this game at 14. So mm-hmm. to me, there's still a little value even at 12 and a half. Um, the teaser thing I like, you can get it down under seven, right? 12 and a half, you get it down to six and a half. I, don't, I like that. Um, but, again, there are other teaser pieces that I like more. Not that I wouldn't include this as one if I wanted to, but we talked about a couple other ones. We talked about one, one game we skipped that, I did, that we didn't talk about. That's one of my favorite teaser pieces is the Indianapolis game, too. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, I think this game is going to be easy. I know the Steelers haven't looked great. Uh, Connor is banged up and has had a couple bad games in a row. I don't know if he's going to play. We got to see how that, uh, that works out with all the practice uh, stuff and everything this week, you know. It is what it is, though. I mean, I I don't think they need James Conner to beat Jacksonville. I would just feel more comfortable with him there with them covering 12-and-a-half because he could help them, like, add to that leader late in the game. I don't know if Benny Snell is really going to do that all that much. But uh, I just think – and I know they haven't played great. But, again, they lost to – they lost to a good team in Buffalo, you know. It's not like they were crappy. And they actually outplayed them for most of the first half right there. They just – Fell apart in the second half, which is a they problem. Run the
0: ball, and we yeah. talked about this last week. That's what worried me about the matchup. I think Pittsburgh's great; their defense could hold up. They were giving them problems, but if you cannot run the ball against the Bills long term, that's just not how you're going to be successful against the Bills. It's just, yeah. it's just the way to beat them, and, and it's tough to do that if you can't establish that run. And I think they tried to, and they had
1: success at times, but Connor just fluctuates. I mean, that guy. I think – I honestly think he's hurt. Like, I think that a lot yeah. of bad play in recent weeks is more just a function of him trying to play through an injury instead of just being like, you know, they're trying to keep the undefeated season alive, and then last week they were trying to keep the number one seed. At this point, just shut him down for two weeks and bring him back. You know, like – what did they have three games? Let's shut him down for three weeks. Bring him back for the playoffs because you're going to need a healthy James Conner to win. You're not going to do it with Benny Snell. Let Snell get the snaps now. It doesn't matter.
0: By the way, to note, I know I always forget some games, and I did forget that Colts-Texans game. I actually forgot another game that is one of my locks of the week, and I wanted to do that for that reason because I think it adds excitement to the end of the show. I like to go back because it's more football, more football to talk about. And let's circle back real quick, and this is a pick I really like this week. I really, really like this pick almost too much. But this happens once a year, and I think it's something that's overlooked, and the number just fits it perfectly. The Miami Dolphins at home, they're two-point favorites against the New England Patriots. Dolphins love beating the Pats in Miami. Dolphins looking to stay in the playoff on Ultimately, I think the Dolphins are going to miss the playoffs. I think they're going to be the odd man out when the Ravens sneak their way in. Look, it's the Dolphins or the Raiders. I think the Ravens are coming. So this is a must-win for the Dolphins. I see them beating the Patriots here, and I like that it's under three. I don't think it's going to be pretty, but I like Miami. Where are you at in that
1: game? So you want to hear something funny, man? I have New England favored by a quarter of a point. So this is basically a pick for me. And I'll tell you why. Miami's going to be playing this game, very likely, without their number one, two, and three wide receivers on the depth chart. Mm. Mr. Vontae Parker is questionable at best. Um, Preston, I always say Preston Wilson. Remember that guy I used to play for the Mets, Mookie Wilson's son. I always say Preston Wilson, but Preston, Williams. Oh,
0: you know what, you played me. I thought that Preston Williams was Preston Wilson just now. I thought like you literally I
1: I'm like, what are you saying wrong? I don't. In know. my head, I say, in my head, I say it all the time. Yeah. So Preston Williams, I want to make sure I get this right right now. I have to, I have to concentrate on this. And then um, Jakeem Grant might all be out. So that's your top three wide receivers. Their top three running backs are very likely out if Gaskins can't go. And then. Mike Gusecki got hurt last week as well. <clears throat> so if you're betting on Miami, you're betting on a rookie quarterback in Tua going up against Bill Belichick. Belichick is 20-5 and five against rookie quarterbacks all time. You're betting on Adam Shaheen at tight end. You're betting on... I don't even know who their running back is. I'm not even going to lie to you. I don't even know who so that is. So
0: we're on the Patriots, and this is why we talk it out. I
1: told you I liked it too much. I told you I liked it too much. I ran the numbers for this game three times because the first time I run it, like I run it all the way through, and it's a program that, you know, like all, everything's in the spreadsheet. So it just basically runs it by himself, and I just wait to see what gets spit out at the end. And when I got down to there and I saw New England was favored, I was like, that can't possibly be right. Right. So now I went. And I literally started looking at the formulas, like something must be wrong with the formula here. Like there's got to be a number that I inputted wrong or something like that. And what I realized is after I put in, um, after I updated the injuries, like I, I looked at the depth chart and I was like, how the hell is this team going to score? And that's what it really came down to is you got a rookie quarterback against Belichick against the team that I can't figure out how, how they're going to score. This game is going to be completely ugly. Honestly, have the perfect strategy for both teams in this game. You know what the strategy to win this game is: punt on first down, because you're more likely for the other team's offense to give the ball to your defense to score points. That's than what worries the me. These offenses are to score points.
0: I think that's what worries me about this game. I just trust this Dolphins defense way more than I do Miami, uh, the Patriots. Miami's defense can generate points off turnovers. They've proved that. It sketches me out. Now I almost want to stay away from it, but I'm gonna end up on the Patriots and then. What's going to happen is there's going to be a Hail Mary and a toss, and Gronk's going to be on the field and miss the tackle again, and I'm going to be eating my words and knew I should have picked the Dolphins even though it took a hook and ladder Hail Mary. Let's get one more game in here, and this is one of your favorite plays, as you mentioned. And, and if you have any other plays, please feel free to just say so. But the Houston Texans on the road against the Indianapolis coach. Seven-point underdogs are the Texans, plus 270 on the money line. Over-under is 51 points. The Colts beat them two weeks ago, if my numbers serve me correctly. I believe it was two weeks ago, and it was close. It was close, but this is one of your favorite teaser pieces. It was yeah, it was a six-point win, so the seven would not be good in that case. This is one of your favorite teaser pieces, probably for that reason. Even if it is close, you just feel confident enough the Colts will win this.
1: So, to me, the Houston um, Texans are the one of the most overrated teams in the league this year. Um, Dallas is slightly worse I think Dallas is like three and ten against the spread or something the Houston Texans are four and nine against the spread people still don't realize the Texans aren't good like I don't know what it's going to take maybe it'll take like an entire season but at this point betting against the Texans has been a good thing to do and I think Indianapolis is very good and I think they're playing very well right now the Texans also I mean you got to look and see if Brandon Cooks is going to play Because if Brandon Cooks doesn't play, Kiki Kuti is, like, the only remotely decent wide receiver out there. And I feel so bad for Deshaun Watson because he's a very good quarterback and he is just being wasted right now. And then on top of that, their defense sucks. Like, people look at the Houston Texans and they're like, oh, man, that's high-scoring, high-powered offense. They're not. Oh, man, that defense is just shut down. They're not. Like, the Houston Texans are the biggest fraud in the entire NFL right now. They're four and nine. They're four and nine against the spread. People still think they're good and they're just not. They just lost to the Chicago Bears 36 to 7. And you're telling me it's only seven points against Indianapolis, who's actually a good team in Indianapolis? Like, get the hell out of here. I love the teaser, and I don't even mind the minus seven. I just I love that. The Houston's a fraud. They're frauds. Yeah.
0: And well, they're, they're terrible just, against the run, which is what the Colts do. Fucking fantastic. Jonathan Taylor's hitting
1: the ceiling right now all day long. Jonathan Taylor might have. Jonathan Taylor might have the game today. If you drafted Jonathan Taylor where you drafted him this year, you're incredibly disappointed with what you've gotten so far. But if you're still alive with Jonathan Taylor in the playoffs, I yeah. it's it's going if you even the second round pick, it's going to be worth it for the 40 spot he puts up in this game. Like give I, you me know something all crazy. Day, all day.
0: I had the buy last week. So I didn't even need to decide whether I played him or not to miss out. It was nothing but good news. I had to buy. to see him going off. And I'm like, well, that's a no-brainer next week. Fantastic. Don't even got to worry about it. Just put him in the lineup and it just takes care of itself. Yeah, he is coming on at the right time. I'm excited about it this week. Probably could win my fantasy league. Anything we missed out. Any game you want to talk about that we did not hit on the head
1: um i have the jets as minus 16 i'm not i mean i'm sorry jets as plus 16 so even the 16 and a half points that people don't want to like that's too many points that is not too many points that is right. That <laughs> is literally right on market And people tell you I, there is not a bigger jet fan in the world than me former season ticket holder i gave them up when they wanted me to uh to pay the freaking uh you know fee to to get my seat, which I'm very glad I didn't pay because everybody I know paid the seat licensing fee at the Meadowlands is like completely pissed off that they did it for Jets games. So I figure in another couple years, they'll just be giving me those seats at that point for free, like without having to ask me for the uh, seat license. So that's what I'll buy back in. But uh, 16 is not too many points on the Jets. Because people have been asking me all week, yo, your Jets gonna cover? No, they're not gonna. I <laughs> bet on the fucking Jets. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you
0: people? The largest spread since KC. It's their largest spread since KC. That 15 and a half last week covered easy against Seattle. Remember, that 13,
1: it was 13 and a half, and I told you, dude, I have 15 as a number here. I still don't think that's enough points. Like, went up, it, yeah, it's it not went, not went up That bet. The Jets are the worst team in the NFL, and it's not even close. Like, they're it's the worst amazing the to me. Ball. Oh, every
0: week, Benny, Adam Gay starts with points. They score. They score on the first drive almost every time, whether just when they get the ball, or whether they get the ball first or not, they at
1: least get three. This game they let three nothing and let up 40 unanswered points. So that's the thing. It's like, dude, if you bet on them, you were you were like, oh man, they scored first. I'm now, like, plus 18, and you still lost by 27. Do not pet on the goddamn Jets. The other thing I wanted to say, because you brought this point up, and if I was doing, like, a New York Jets podcast, this would be one of the things i talk about. If I'm Adam Gase, don't even think about changing anything that you're doing. Write down 100 plays on a piece of paper and just run as many as you get a chance to run throughout the game. Because his scripted shit is always good. But then when he has to start making the adjustments in real life, like, in the middle of the game, the offense just falls completely flat. And it's like, he's, it's, like he, it's like he doesn't know what he's doing unless he actually writes it all down and has a plan. Because you're right, they score first, like, every game, and then they still wind up losing by 25 and, and, you know, the other team covering double-digit spread. So do not bet on the Jets. Do not DM me, oh, your Jets going to win this week. Like, no, they're definitely not winning. And no, they're not covering either. Just go against them. As bad as they've been, they're actually even worse because they're the second-worst team against the spread Tied with, I think, the Texans at, like, four and nine on a year. Like, they're bad, and they're, like, really, 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 really bad to the point where, like, the numbers are almost getting to the point, Steve, where you have to compare their badness against other, like, horribly bad teams from the last couple of years. It's, it's that inept the way that they're running things here.
0: It's terrible. And Sam, Sam Ficken is about to have to kick for them again. I hope they give him another shot. But that, that was true Adam Gates fashion. They should have had more than three points. I talked about earlier in this episode. But they kept Sergio Castillo. And this is what happens because you're a terrible head coach. Anything that can will go wrong under that man. He's the worst. No, I believe you. You listen to the man. Take the points. I'll put the Jets as an official play on here. I'm just writing Jets to lose <laughs> by 20. I don't I'll even what, care. I'm well, just
1: going to say, if you, if you really want to do something this week where you, you put your balls <laughs> on the table and you make a big bet, like. You know, if you're playing on a, a site that offers you like alternate numbers, like where you can get that, or if you're I don't know if Bet Online offers up pleasers where you can you actually it's the opposite of a teaser where you yep. add six points to it. Add the six points. The Jets will lose by more than twenty. So I don't even mind laying what is it? What do they have them at? Sixteen. I don't even mind laying twenty two. <laughs> oh man, twenty three <laughs> is getting up there, but twenty-three is not enough. Like bet they're gonna get blown out again. They suck. Like yeah, they look great.
0: They'll score three points. Well, but it's Sammy's return to L.A. You ever consider that? <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. Good. Hopefully he goes and gets some ass the night before and those three interceptions because I bet against them, so that's fine by me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all we got. That was a good one. Um, we didn't have to record twice this time. I'm saying that as a precautionary tale because if this finishes and we do have to record twice, it'll still be hilarious. So, Benny <laughs> – Thanks for coming on again. Tell the people what's going on. Obviously, FTN Network, FTN Beds. follow you on Twitter, YouTube. They know Benny R11. What else? Anything else?
1: Yeah, I mean, I had a, I had a really busy day today, man. I did a, uh, I did a guest spot that's going to be coming up tomorrow over on um, Sports Grid, if any of you guys watch that, which used to be FNTSY Radio, which is where I used to work before I went over to Elite before I wound up at FTN. So it's kind of like musical chairs and be bouncing around here. Um, and the guy who I used to do that radio show with, my boy Jake Steely, actually did a uh, a guest spot on his podcast today as well, over with the Athletic. So the Athletic Fantasy was answering some questions over there today. That was fun. And then Steve, obviously, I hang out with you at night for the nightcap here. So that's why you guys can hear my voice going. I've literally been talking all day long today, but I've been talking about sports. So there's much worse ways to make a living, and I'm very happy with what I did.
0: Same here, man. Well, all the best. I'm going to see you before Christmas. I should. No, I'm I should. The
1: no, unless you're coming down here, motherfucker, you're not.
0: Well, I mean on Zoom for discussion. <laughs> Same time usually next week. You know, we, we have a season to finish out. We've come this far. Why stop now? 17 weeks. We're 15 through. I still can't believe it. It's flying by. But thanks for being a part of it till this point. And um, see you soon, man. Thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, I'll be back next week. Let's do it.
0: That interview with Benny Ricciardi was brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, big shout-out again for Benny for coming on the show. Always appreciate his advice. Listen to what he has to say, especially on the teaser stuff. Again, guys, these lines are a bit crazy week in. week out. a lot of room for backdoor covers, but those teasers are a safe, a safe way to play those favorites. So listen to what we had to say about that. Be sure to like, download, rate, and subscribe on all podcast platforms. Be sure to also follow me on Twitter at NYFootballPod as well as myself at Tino Rodriguez. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, same time next week guys. Talk to you soon. Be safe.